Give me some spare change. And welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael. I'm with my co-host, Tony DeSero. And our special guest DJ today is the one, the only, Spare Change. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you for having what up? me. What up? I love this setup. Like, thanks, thanks. This is dope. Like, the Legend of Zelda poster. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little jealous of that one. <laughs> so, tell us just a little bit about... Yeah, you give us a couple accolades. You're like, what... Five times DMC uh, 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 champion or US compet- finalist. competitive finalist. Yeah. And I was the um, vice champion in 2013. And I think I placed third in 2016. But I've been in, I was been at what, 2005, 2006, 2013, 20, what's it, 2016, 2017, I think. And there's been what three style I think was in there and yeah I won the Indianapolis three style regional and was in the U.S. finals in that in 2015. Man, so how long have you been doing this? Like 96, 97 ish. So like 20 how how many years? 24 years. 24, about? 25 yeah. years. Yeah. Were, were you playing hip hop yeah. or top 40 or yeah what, what everything? Yeah, everything since the start. I I mean my basis is in hip hop, but. I've ever, even since like the beginning before they even had like what they would call like open format DJs like I was always like into whatever so did you come straight into it with like with scratching like and and the turntablism as we call um, it now or not not a hundred percent um somewhat yeah because I because I had always I had wanted to scratch like I listened to like um the local people on the radio of course um Ike B who you've had in here was was one that um influenced me locally i would listen to him and like i would listen to, like funk master flex tapes and yeah. stuff like that and so i don't know i got interested from there and then i didn't really find out about like the see i was kind of naive like i thought i i just like assumed when i started that like all djs battled <laughs> like i thought yeah. that you know i thought that every dj was like into like you know scratching and battling like I didn't realize the, all the different types of DJs. Yeah, so I yeah. thought like everybody like at one point was like into that. But did no. you have a, a DJ influence as far as uh, scratching and the turntablism stuff? I mean, you mentioned Ike B, but like did did anybody kind of show you the ropes or? Um, um, he did somewhat, but for the most part, I like for the like the first about like three years or so, I just kind of learned on my own just yeah. by just by doing, and I think honestly like you know today like people have so much more advantage because they can just go on youtube and and study <laughs> and get tutorials on basically anything in life but i think in a way though i'm kind of i'm kind of jealous of that in one way because i didn't have you know that until like Hubert and them started putting out tutorials in the late 90s but um but I'm also kind of glad that I didn't learn that way because I feel like it made my like style like way different and I feel like everybody that learns sometimes from like scratching school or like tutorials and stuff, they kind of develop like a similar style to like all the other DJs. So they all kind of sound the same. It's kind of robotic. But I feel like, like back in the day, that's the one thing that was a little bit better about turntablism then versus now. It's like when you went to a battle or like even like a hip hop event or something like um, everybody was like so much different from each other and there was more regional styles too like the west coast djs were way different than the east coast djs versus like the chicago djs and you don't feel like you can like tell them apart now not the way you could yeah it's not quite the same there is still 
some regionalness to it, but for the most part, everybody's kind of like on the same page. Like a lot, some of the old school guys will kind of stick to the original like West Coast styles. Like a lot of the Bay Area guys are like still more into scratching and stuff than versus yeah. like East Coast guys are into like juggles and, and blending and stuff like that. But yeah, I feel like now it's very difficult to tell apart, even like worldwide. Like even like back then, like. Japanese DJs were way different than like German DJs, mm. and German DJs were way different than American DJs. Now, even like worldwide, like yeah, most people are still kind of. There are some like unique ones still today, but I feel like, in, and in a general sense, that more DJs are alike than they are different now. All I wanna say is. your musical taste uh, and, and you can approach that um, as a DJ or just as a, you know personal listening if those are different I like everything pretty much like there's not there's not a whole lot that I don't listen to like I don't know I, I mean like I said my basis is kind of like my foundation is kind of in hip-hop mm-hmm. like spinning hip-hop um, and that's what I said and also I think part of that is too because that was like um, more what I, I think it was harder to get vinyl I think when I first started a little bit like at least access to music sometimes yeah. on, on vinyl was a little little tougher kind of in that um, mid 90s period but um, so I think I had might have had a little bit different taste in the beginning if I had more access to music and stuff but um, so my foundation was like definitely like like the first like mixtapes and all that stuff I put out mm-hmm. was like definitely like hip hop and stuff but um yeah a particular all, flavor that you like like a west coast guy or I liked all of it pretty yeah. much most of it and that's what that's another thing about and hip hop is even similar to like the way DJing was too like the sounds from the different areas were so different you had southern you had like yeah. scarface and outcast and like you know all that kind of stuff and then east coast was like mob deep and and Wu 
tang and everything. Yeah, and these distinct like, sounds. Like you mm-hmm. had the, the the boom bap stuff, and then you had the the, um, the the crunk and the club stuff. You know, further south, and you, and you could you could almost hear a song and know and like, where on the map it was coming from. And like G funk, G funk, I yeah. like that. Which they call the West Coast sound, but really it's, Dayton. it's the Dayton sound. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Midwest sound. Yeah, but. Yeah, I but musically I'd always been like very diverse, like I don't know. Like uh my parents listen to all kinds of different stuff, so Yeah, same. So I looked out I probably have my mom's taste in music more than anybody. She listened to like Herb Albert and mm-hmm. so I listened to some jazz. She played a lot of jazz and she even listened to like old big band stuff and like modern stuff too so i i got a little taste of everything but when you do routines do you go back in those eras and use some of that music or do you mm-hmm. stick with strict sure. stuff no for sure whatever i can find that works like you know a lot of it's just trial and error it's like it's like oh this is a cool track and sometimes i'll hear i'll hear something in my head with that track and i'll be like i'll have to go dig it out and go find it and which is much easier now because now you can just use an mp3 of it versus having to go find certain stuff it was like hard you go digging forever even like like mid late 90s was even like pre-internet you know right. digging so you actually physically had to go try to find and then you'd find one but then you'd look be looking for a double copy of it <laughs> nope. so, yeah and i think i had a lot more mismatch mismatch juggles and stuff back then because sometimes i would only have one copy of a record so instead yeah. of like pairing doubles I'd, I'd use it i'd flip it with something else i'd have two different records yeah and, you make it work so you're a serato guy through and through or um yeah pretty much i mean that's um probably like 2007 maybe or so when i started using serato coming from straight vinyl to mm -hmm. to serato and mainly and and a lot of times the stuff that i was that i was using was because like i had won it in battles so that's what you know like (laughs) i had won like that's an awesome brag yeah, (laughs) yeah like well like i had won the um the the 57 the, the uh, rain rain 57 with the serato built into it mm. and so when i first had it like the first year like i didn't even use serato i just used it as like my but then they stopped selling vinyl and i was still playing <laughs> in the clubs and stuff so it was like i needed to figure something out and didn't want to use just cds all the time or how long did it take you to transition from vinyl to digital like that little just split second delay from actually scratching vinyl and digital um because it, it still me- it messes me yeah, up. Yeah, it, it pr- probably probably like a year or so. It was Not like a, it was kind of a slow transition. Like I like got a little bit adapted to it, but then I had to like you know like transfer. You have to trans. I still had like most of my stuff was all on vinyl or like on CDs mm-hmm. and stuff, and so like trying to transition your stuff into MP3s and like load. So I still like we use the majority like vinyl for a while, and then it was like. It was like the Serato I would use for like the new stuff that I couldn't get. No, on the scratching um, side, the scratching like getting side. used to the scratching. How different was that? It didn't take it didn't take me that really that, that long. Um, I just had to figure out how to use the like the buffer, and because yeah. when I first had it, I was like, man, it just it's, it's not quite right. But then I didn't realize you had to like push it all the way to the left or whichever direction it was, and then it's like, oh, it tightens up now. Okay, and it got and it slowly got better. Even to this day, though, there's still uh, the feel is a little bit different. It's mm-hmm. never quite exactly like, especially on scratching, juggling. Sometimes it's pretty close, but even on juggling, though, the it, on regular vinyl, it still feels better. Like even to now, they've they've improved it gradually, like over over the course of the years, and it's gotten better and better. But still, um, you can't completely duplicate analog. No but. way. Are you disappointed to hear that? Were, were you hoping that would go away over time? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I guess I have to adapt sometime. Yeah. It's pretty so, close. So. What do you What do you use now, uh, gear wise? Still got my twelve hundreds, of course, and um, I I had recently got the uh, seventy, mm-hmm. the Rain seventy. Okay. Because I had the fifty seven for 
pretty much all that time up till just recently so so that's perfect so you're you're kind of here uh, to demo the the djms 7 today which is basically a, a direct competitor to the the rain 70 so it, it'll be interesting to get your thoughts and and see how you uh how you think after using both of them well i've always i've always liked pioneer gear so yeah yeah i've i one of my first mixers i think um was it the i think it was 300s it was like DJ 300S or something. It was a it was a silver one, like a little two channel mm. Pioneer, and it was one of the first ones that I had ever seen that where they actually like had the um, the the beat counter like built into oh, yeah. the mixer, <laughs> and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. And I was like, wow, I was like that. And the crossfader was like super slick on that because like the one I had before, I had like a Radio Shack. Mm-hmm. mixer where it had like the little ball bearing in it and it like clicked in the middle and like <laughs> and like going from that to like the uh the pioneer where you could just blow it across to the other side almost yeah. so i was like i was like wow this is pretty <laughs> but but even then like having the pioneer made me like how to learn how to use a crossfader because when i started scratching originally i scratched with the switches mm-hmm. so the, the line and phono yep, yep yeah yep, the phono and line switch so yeah a lot how of many DJs of those did you wear out and break yeah <laughs> static. many static. static was terrible <laughs> and then too you get like i get like the um like the silicone spray or something and like spray it in there and try and try and <laughs> get, get rid a few of more the miles stat- out yeah it would it would get rid of the static for like a week or something and then it would start coming back again you have to go in there and get the toothbrush take it all apart clean it up and everything so <laughs> But I love. I didn't think I would ever stop like scratching with the switches. But then I got that uh, Pioneer mixer, and the switches were up and down versus left and right. Mm. So like I, I'm like turning the mixer sideways, trying to <laughs> trying to scratch with it. And then I like broke one of the switches off. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm gonna have to learn how to use the fader now. So, and plus, you know, watching other DJs, I was like, well, everybody else uses a fader now anyway. So. So you were speaking a minute ago about your your scratching style. Um, I, I mean, how would you how would you describe it as as far as like what uh, what flavor do you bring to scratching? Since you kind of came at this, you're, you're kind of you're self taught and, and and you've built your own uh, brand around that or whatever. Yeah, I, I think just creativity. What's funny is like when I started because I hadn't seen a lot like you know I, other than what i heard like on songs and stuff i hadn't seen like a, a lot of other djs like a lot of times i thought like i invented stuff that existed for a long time i'm like oh nobody's ever done this before like, so that can work for and yeah. against you huh? yeah so i was like i was like man people are gonna go crazy when when they see me do this and then and then i realized like five years later like somebody did that like 10 years before i was born or something like it's like it's like oh yeah i guess i i, I get that didn't. approach though because like even like when when i'm making like a, a video for for passionate dj for example even if it's like a you know i'm researching something i'm not even necessarily being creative um you know there's this um i don't know i kind of lost my train of thought there you don't want to like <laughs> imitate something else you don't but wanna, you don't know you don't know what all exists out there so you're kind of yeah, like so checking like if, to see if somebody's has anybody done something like this before so, let me see yeah so that s7 for example mm-hmm. like i didn't go and watch like five or ten review videos of it before making my own because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to like even unintentionally be influenced, be influenced yeah. by it i want to make my own and then when i've kind of made it then i go check them for references there's stuff that i missed or something i should have mentioned oh and then i'll write it in my own way you know and right and I'll feel okay with it, but I don't want to just copy somebody's style. And I I think that's kind of a similar thing. And that's, that's the one thing I hated about, uh, the three style battle versus like the other battles is that in the three style battle, you get 15 minutes. Like that's a, that's an eternity. in (laughs) And so like I would come up with stuff for like a routine or I'd come up with an idea or something for a routine, but you know, in DMC, I could always just go back and watch the tape of the previous years and see what, you know, I was like, anybody do anything like this? Okay, well, I'm going to try to take something, you know, and I would always, I, every year I would try to do something like way different, like so to be unique and, and stand out. And it didn't take that long to, to go through all the DMC routines and see what everybody else was, was doing to not do that. But with three style, like I come up with an idea and I'd be like, I'm going to dig this one out of the crates. I bet nobody's used that. 
And then I'm like, hmm, I wonder if somebody has used, I wonder if anybody has done this kind of style routine before, or used that particular record and this record together and <laughs> did like wordplay with it or something. Yeah. I better go look and see. But they're like 15 minute routines and then there was like worldwide, like, you know, all these different regionals and stuff. And it's like, it's like trying to watch a few of the, even, even just for like the US finals, like they had, I forget how many, but they were they were they were broken up into like regions. So like, I think they had like Seattle, Phoenix, like I don't know, like Chicago, uh, Indianapolis, New York, Miami. Like they had all these different regionals, and each regional had like six DJs in it or something. And then when I'm getting ready for the finals, trying to prepare, prepare it's like it's like, man, do I want to sit through? Let's see, six, seven, there's seven DJs in that battle of 15 minutes, <laughs> and there's like eight battles or something. So it's, it's like, just straight oh, ripping man. for 15 minutes. You guys don't, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah it's a super long time. But it's a, it's a different style of competition because it's like party, party rocking. Party rocking, yeah, yeah, okay. Contest. It's like, it's, you know, they kind of wanted it to be like a catch-all with everything. They want to see a little bit of this. A little, and, it, and that made it hard, too, because I didn't know exactly what they're looking for. So it's hard to try to, like, balance it out. It's like, it's like I want to put some, like, scratching in it, but I want to do some, like, acapella mixes in it. And then I want to do some, like, quick mixes. And then I want to do some, like, club stuff. And then I want to do something that nobody else is doing and, like... And it's, I don't know, it's difficult to prepare and, and it's all subjective to the judges too. So you never know like what, you know, you never know how to like cater it. And it's just like, and like when I went to, when I did the finals too, I wanted to like showcase like Dayton stuff. So I used like a ton of like, you know, Dayton artists in the, in the set so they could realize. And I even had like a little intro with like the little Marge Simpson sample when she was talking about Dayton or something in it and like so I like put it together so they would know like what I nice. was like talking about but you know it makes it very difficult to prepare for something like that just because you have no and there's no like real the the criteria is very broad like it's just like and the routines I have won in the past some of them I'm looking at like wait how did that win over that but it's all it's all subjective watch something like a like a watch a video or of a routine of yours like two three years later mm-hmm. do you do you find yourself more or less impressed it, does that make sense like, um do you feel like oh that was depends, pretty good or are you yeah, like oh shit i've <laughs> it depends it depends on the routine there's, yeah. there's some that I, i'm like man what was i thinking but at the time you know when you're just starting out and you don't really know what to compare to like other sets but then but then some of them i look back and they still stand up i'm like i'm like man i could still win a battle with that like today like you know some of them i'm definitely like 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 yeah that was pretty good (laughs) are you still battling now um not not really um family life and nine to five and all that has kind of uh ended some of that like i'm i'm still open for it like i still enjoy 
and I'd like to still compete and stuff because I still, you know, I would like to have at least a world title or something because that's like the end goal was always to at least get to a world title. Um, but um, I did battle not that long ago, and when COVID first happened, I did like an online um, competition. It was like I think they said it was the first like live stream battle mm. that was ever held it was like on instagram um through headliner music club and they had a uh, it was a def jam sponsored it so you could only use like def jam records mm. oh okay so everybody had that and and that was fine with me because def jam has like great battle records anyway so i mean so i try to use it as much def jam stuff as i could and keep it just reach into that LL different. category. Mm-hmm. Oh good. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely LL and DMX and even like Montel Jordan and Ludacris and Public Enemy and just like yeah, there's there's a lot to to dig from that and and a lot of people had some creative stuff that I wouldn't even have thought to use in there too like like and it was and it was sweet. It ran pretty smooth except for me being. Um, bad with technology and not really you know i'm like the old old man out of the loop with the social media <laughs> stuff so i'm not good at that at all like i may post like a, i know how to like post a video every now and then but i don't really i was about to say your you social know, media presence is yeah i don't really like <laughs> i'm not very active right on it as far as like knowing how to use everything i feel like it's just very time consuming and stuff too but but like so when it got to my turn when they were doing like the live battle like they're like okay spirit let's let's do it and it's like okay okay i see it now just plug it and i'm like i don't know how like i don't know what i'm doing i don't know how to like i got the camera set up I'm like, if it's not consuming like, your life now yeah. then don't don't yeah. even let it just yeah. <laughs> keep rolling like, with it you're how good do i do this and my wife was watching it upstairs and she's like she's like what are you doing they're waiting for you like like i don't know how she's like, give me like, just give me the phone like i'll do it and she like hooked it up next thing you know they're like oh we can see you now like but i saw like i saw like when um i was trying to say i like posted into the because it had like the little chat thing going and people were responding to all the battles and stuff and they're like spare where you at Da-da-da. and like i had to type in there i'm like what exactly do I do or something? <laughs> and then I saw all these like emojis with the with the hand on the face, and I was just like, "Oh man, like this is all bad." And then I didn't even think I didn't even think I was gonna get to do it. They're like, "Well, we gotta go to the next one if you can't figure this out. We gotta get this done." And she came downstairs like, "What are you doing?" Like, let me see it. Let me see. It. Look, you do this. This is how you do it. I'm like, "Well, I know I've never did it before. Like, I have no idea how that works." But now, what- it ended up working out and. I got to pull off the set clean and I think there's quite a few people watching it too. It was like several hundred people were in there live streaming it and nice. a lot of people watched um afterwards. So that was cool. I I mean I liked that. I mean they it was like quick too, like like I found out about it. Somebody like mentioned it to me like one day, like like a day or two before like the deadline to enter, so I threw a video together real quick, posted it to them and then they accepted it and then like they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, um um, in three days is the f- the final, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, and so you know, and I always like, and so I put together a whole new like routine for the final, thinking that that's what everybody else is going to do. But like most, seem like most of the people just use the same set that they use for the like really prelim for the final. Wow, so I was like, oh, are you like a work under pressure kind of? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I tend to do to do better and, and i procrastinate about especially with battles and stuff i'll procrastinate about it and then throw something together at the last there's a lot of battles that i won where i hadn't even planned on like battling like the <laughs> scribble jam that i won the year i won scribble like i wasn't even gonna battle and scribble that year like i was supposed to be at work i think we were working like 12 hour days like seven days a week mandatory at delphi and uh i wasn't even gonna battle and then like um my buddy Terrence and some of them were down at Scribble. They're like, "Oh man, you should come down here and, and and get in the competition." And and I had been in it like the year before, I think. And so I like, you know, I was cool with like the animal crackers and stuff at that point. So they were like, "Yeah, you can battle if you want. You know, you're you're in the battle if you want bat- you want to do it." And I'm like, "Man," and I like literally like threw my got, threw my routines in the bag. It was all vinyl, so I just like threw my records in the bag and like went down there with like low expectations. Like, man, I haven't 
practice for this or anything and then ended up winning like <laughs> that year so i was like oh. that's dope and i was like oh i guess i'm glad i came i don't know it's happened like that a lot a lot of times the battles that i was like most prepared for that i thought oh i'm ready for this and then i don't end up winning and then ones that ones that i wasn't even gonna do that i just decided to do at the last minute i just like jump in and end up winning so how are your nerves and anxiety for competition what's what's that like when you're you know what's that pressure like i guess take take us to that moment yeah it definitely it it definitely is different um like especially like your first first few ones if you haven't done one before like it is leading up to it i feel like at least for me like i'm like super nervous before the competition but once i actually get like on the stage and the crowd's ready and everything like then it like the nerves kind of go away a little bit get into that like yeah it's like i don't know you get kind of an adrenaline rush from it a little bit so like so like because you're the only thing that's on stage like when you're djing for like a band or for like a artist um you know the attention is usually focused somewhere else and you're just kind of like the background but like so so it feels a little different when you're doing that versus when you're in a battle like you know that's as judgmental as people are going to get because they're expecting you to be good they're expecting you to do something and and people will let you know if you're not good so absolutely um so yeah it is definitely a, a fight or flight response and i've some people are really good at at that aspect of it and then other ones like that can be really good in their bedroom they like crumble under the pressure it's just it is it is a lot of pressure but it's also exciting once you're up there because you're like all the eyes are on me like you know it's my time to do this is what i've been working on you know it's time to showcase it and let the chips fall where they may and plus you know in like the head to especially in the head-to-head ones if you're like competitive by nature then you're like be ready for it but it is it it takes i don't know certain people are are definitely more adept to that than than others but there's been some times where i just like like your hands get shaky and you're just like oh my gosh what am i gonna what am I going mean, to do? Do you have a, a routine or do you, do you, you know, I ha- I have one beer or I, I smoke a joint or I, I meditate <laughs> or like, do you have some, something that you do um, to, to chill or are you not, just... not really. Yeah. I used to, you know, I would drink sometimes before like a battle, but you can, you have to be careful because you can't, you know, if you overdo it, that's going to mess you up too. It's sloppy. Yeah. Cause that happened to me one time at uh, the guitar center national finals in LA like they had like open bar and like all this food for us backstage and stuff and so they had like the different people bringing us stuff and i was super nervous for that one because there was like six thousand people or something in the crowd at that at that one and that one um kanye performed common quality mad lib diplo like it was it was a lot of and the judges too and i think i was even more nervous less nervous about the crowd but the judges were like like Babu and Revolution and like I remember seeing Re- Meet and Revolution like the night before at like a radio station and and he's and he looks over at us and he's like talking to us. he's like yeah he's like yeah and Revolution was one of my heroes like like he's one of the dopest DJs ever to me and so I'm sitting there like wow this is cool hanging out with Revolution and he looks at us and he's like yeah I'm expecting to see some shit tomorrow like I'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man! I'm like, he's so much better than me. There's nothing that I can do that's gonna impress him. I was like, super nervous. And then like when the first person went on with the crowd that big, it w- it went from like all the other crowds I had played at. You could hear like individuals just like yeah, da 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 da, da and to hearing like, ah, <laughs> ah, and I was like, oh boy. But then once I finally like made it to the stage, it was like this huge. I didn't want to get off when my set was over. It was like the they had the huge spotlights on us. Like DMC from Run DMC was like the host, and like oh, nice. and like the crowd was just going nuts. And then you just look out, and it's a sea of people. And it's like when it was over, like I I just didn't want to leave the stage. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best feeling ever. Like please don't let it end. I want to can I do something else, please. Like, <laughs> like it was it was pretty fun, but. How did you, uh, you and Tony meet initially? Oh gosh, 
It's what? It's probably been what? Like 15, 16, uh, 17? Hammerjacks years? days? Yeah. Okay. Like, like so. Probably like 2004, 05. Yeah. No, I didn't come back until 04, and I didn't really get back into the club scene till later that year. So, like 05, probably 05 and forward at some point. Yeah, I can't remember the first time. I feel uh, like I've known him forever, though. Like, I I just can't I can't remember the initial. Well, what, what are some you know, of the that, shows that um, I know you've booked him a few times? Mm-hmm. I had him for my 40th birthday. He played for me for my 40th birthday. Um,. Craze? Did you play the Craze show, didn't you? Didn't you come play the Craze show? I did not. No? I was there. I was at the Craze show. I did not play uh, Bombay, I think, played at the Craze oh, show. Oh, Bombay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I thought everybody I got up there and, and scratched for a little bit or something. I might have. I don't I don't remember specifically. Yeah, I think we might have. Um, Sunday Fun Day did a couple oh, yeah. Sunday Fun Days. That was fun. Um, yeah, quite a few shows. Pretty much every hip-hop show that I've done or related to, he's... My first go-to. Yeah. Uh, did and, you, we, and we've had Tony at, at um, several of our shows as well. I think at Atmosphere and at um, yep. at, uh, at Tribes Vibes. Tribes and, Vibes. You know, yeah. That, that was, was a, cool. That was a wild. That was cool, night, man. Swamp was setting people on fire. <laughs> and I was just like, set my turntables on fire. And Good Vibes is like, spare. He's going to destroy your turntables. <laughs> Look at look at look at how much lighter fluid he's got, man. He's gonna destroy your stuff. And I'm sitting there looking at it. And Manuel's like, I have swamp, man, I have all the respect for you in the world, bro, but I'm not letting you set my turntable on fire. I'm not gonna do it. And I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, this is kinda what we booked him to do. Like I was like, Oh, I just gotta and, and good vibes just kept egging me on the whole time. He's like, Look, he's getting ready. He's getting ready, say goodbye. He's like, They're getting ready he's like, they're getting ready to burn, man. You're getting ready to burn and he was drinking and smoking too and he was like I was like oh man he's not paying attention to what he's doing he's oh, just gonna man. like burn my whole mixer up and everything <laughs> and then then he was like setting people on fire so he's like who wants to set on fire <laughs> <laughs> and he played like way past his slot time too he's supposed to play for like an hour and he's playing for like two hours three hours like pushing everybody else's set back and I'm just like alright this is getting out of control was, but he was having fun, and the crowd was the crowd was having fun. But I got nervous when he was like, "Yeah, he wants a fireball." Like I was like, "Oh gosh." Who who was who was the guy? You guys had a chef out there too mm-hmm. at Tribes Vibes. Yeah, we had chefs. We had that was insane. Yeah, we had everything. Every meal, like breakfast, lunch, yeah. and dinner, was all chef prepared. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was like an outdoor festival. Yeah. And but yeah, we had a we had a chef cooking for like all the bands and stuff. I mean, we had what we had over a hundred acts like on the main stage like it was yeah yeah it was cool yeah was and cool. then we had the whole we had a we had like two edm tents like set up like so it was music going 24 7 like like from early morning the next day to the next day to the night to the yeah it was it was friday through sunday yeah i had, i mean i had a good time but i was stressed out at the same time because it was so much I think we bit off a little more than we could chew because we didn't want to say no to anybody. Anybody that wanted to be part of it, we're just kind of like, hey, yeah, we'll take another band. Yeah, we got a slot <laughs> open at 10 a.m. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll have another band here. Yeah, we'll, we'll have somebody open up there because we had an MC battle and like, like, and that knowing, was one of the most popular parts. Knowing too. what I know now, yeah. I would have never have agreed to any of that. There's no way with like sound checks and how many different yeah. hook-ins and hookups oh, and changeovers yeah. and boom and boom. It's like it was no. a nightmare. You have to yeah. spaghetti. And then we got ripped off by the Ving U2. We had a we had a contract where it said they basically at one meeting they told us they said here's how we're going to either we're getting five dollars off of every ticket or we're charging for parking and we're keeping all the parking money. And so we're like, well, keep the parking money. Then we'll do ten dollars a car, and then people can just carpool and split it two fifty a person or something. You know, I was like, so we figured that that would be the best way to do it. And then when the actual day of the show came, then they said, oh no, we get both, or we pull the plug right now, and you have no power. Wow! <laughs> like they're like, we get the we get the five dollars off every ticket, and they wrote it like on the contract, like like on top. And we we had a, we're like, what? <laughs> How do you do that? I've heard like, some pretty bad stuff about that venue. Yeah, it was. Are they even still around? I have no idea. That's super shitty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they. Yeah, 
they met and yeah we ended up losing and we had to you know they they put their person at the at the gate to like take their money and stuff too and they're just basically like yeah we're either doing that or we're or we're shutting your show down right now and you get no money mm. so we ended up losing big on it but you live and you learn i mean we had a good time doing it but it was just it was stressful like, well, in changing the tone, then do you have like a like a favorite gig ever? Um, like where you just you you, you felt the the warm fuzzies and the you were in the yeah, zone. Yeah, I've you had nailed a lot. It. Yeah, you had the I've, crowd and I've had a lot of those. There's a lot of a lot of gigs that I just I like the group group shows sometimes more than just like doing individual gigs. Like like I I like playing out on my own and stuff too but i like like the big shows with like a lot of different mm. um people or when you get to play or your friends get booked with you and you get to play like together yeah. and stuff I, i've enjoyed those like i did like i did enjoy it like i said even though we lost a ton of money i enjoyed the tribes wives because we had tony like manuel ginsu like 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 every one of my dj buddies was like there pretty much was like dope. playing yeah. it was very much a, like, a social endeavor when yeah for you yeah for sure and like i said we had a chef like we're just like and then we go have a meal together after that and then we go watch the other bands play and then we hop on a golf cart and run <laughs> run laps around you know chase each other doing laps around the because competition's like, probably pretty lonely c- compared to that, right? Like, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of brotherhood and stuff in in the competitions, though. Too, like I've met, I've met, I made so many friends from battles. Yeah, like and people from all over the country because you know a lot of the DMC and and some of those they had like small, you know small pool of battles to choose from so you'd have to travel to other people's cities it's not like it just came to you know no nobody's yeah. coming to dayton for to like set up battles but it's like so you're traveling to other people's cities and like and the more the more that i won like in the guitar center ones and stuff like it progressed like to like further away so like first you'd battle people at your local store then you go to the next level, which might be Columbus or Cleveland or something. And then you meet the DJs and because all the DJs from that area all congregate gotcha. there to see what see what's going on. And then you meet a bunch from up there. And then you travel to uh, Indianapolis or Chicago or wherever. And then you meet them. And so it's like, you know, when I lived in Illinois, I knew I knew some Chicago DJs. But when I started battling, like back in Chicago, I met like everybody and like you know. Then you meet all the right because then the radio DJs judge the battles, and so you get friends with them. And then people that that I had watched in battles and stuff prior to actually getting in competitions, ones that I looked up to and stuff, were now like the judges and the hosts and things. So yeah. then you get cool with them, and it really expands your um, peer group, which which inspires you to get better and like you know. Yeah.
But y'all knew that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I had to do that. I'm, I'm a DJ. But y'all knew that. Bad, 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 bad boy. DJ. I'm a DJ. But y'all knew that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I had to do that. I'm, I'm a DJ. But y'all knew that. I'm a gangster. DJ. Yeah, I had to do that. I'm a DJ, but y'all knew that. Bad, 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 bad boy, DJ. I'm a DJ, but y'all knew that. Yeah, I had to do that. I'm a DJ, but y'all knew that. I'm a gangster, DJ. Are there any uh, like DJs that you've played around that you've looked up to in the industry that? have given you that nod you know what i mean and you've just been like holy shit dude just like give yeah, me props for sure. yeah like there's been there's been a ton like how showing you that that stab scratch like mm-hmm. mix master ice like invented that like he's one of my heroes growing up and then then meet him and he's like he's like wow man he's like you're dope like it's like well <laughs> like he did a he was at the um there was like an old school hip-hop show one time um here in dayton and he was here with like I think Rob Bass was here, like Dougie Fresh and stuff, and uh, Ike B was. Uh, we were that we were doing the radio show at, together at the time, and uh, so like when the when the shows would come in town, he'd bring them in the studio and have them do drops and stuff for us. And he had one, and he he got me one from like Dougie Fresh and all them, and he did he had one from Mixmaster Ice, and uh, Mixmaster Ice is like, yeah, he's like I know Spirit Change, yeah, he's like, man, he's. Like, beast and then, so like I, so i have this drop where it's got him on it nice. saying that and it's like when i first heard that i'm like wow that is like the i can't believe that you know it's like one of my idols and dj and it's like like you know giving that's me so props cool. on, that's on something cool. and it's like and like and it still happens like sometimes like on um like i've been hit up like on youtube and stuff by like a lot of djs i respect will will send me a message or something like man that was nasty or whatever they'll they'll or even like with like um which i'm a j like the like the instagram and stuff like that like i like i'll just like i said i don't really know too much about it but when i log in one, one time i like logged in and it had like all those little dots on it or whatever and i like clicked on the thing and it's like mixmaster uh mike like sure this and that and i'm like i'm like oh i was like is that his real thing oh that's his real thing wow you really watched that i was like um how do i like how do i screenshot this and like cut it out and it's like i and and honestly i like to like um of course you know being the procrastinator sometimes like like you know how you have like different stuff you set up in your studio i would like to like take some of those like screenshots and stuff and like cut them out and like put them oh, yeah. in the studio i think would be like would be like cool like some of the comments and stuff that i've gotten but it's like yeah and i've had chance to like scratch with some of the people i I mean i've scratched with craze and and a lot of the a lot of the guys that i looked up to like got a chance to like session with them and stuff before too got to scratch with cubert that time i think tony i thought you were there at the um cincinnati cincinnati at the was it at the was it the red, red cheetah. cheetah red cheetah yeah, yeah. yeah i was there i came yeah. up there with ike yeah yeah i remember that yeah got to scratch with cubert at that show yeah like, we did the um i can't imagine that pressure i mean that was <laughs> do you remember when we did the bt show at mask for camel Columbus had Mixmaster Mike. We had BT, and Cincinnati had 
uh, who was it? it was Kubert? Oh, it was um, everybody. It was Grand Wizard, Grand Wizard Deardor, Deardor, the inventor of Scratch. Um, Rob Swift Rob was Swift, there. Yeah. Steve D. Like wow. it was like it was a it was a tour yeah. that Camel had sponsored, and it was free to get in, and they labeled everything, so it was the same thing that we did up here. Okay, and then all the local Cincinnati DJs, all the Dayton DJs came down, like, and we all like, and there was just like one big jam session at the end, and so there's like. You know, however many tables they said we were taking turns like cutting with Qbert. Yeah, like, it was there was a lot like, of people up man. there. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because all the animal crackers were up there, and like Mr. Divs, I think, and every, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty slick, like to get that chance. And mo- and and I found too that like most of them are are really cool. Like I said, when Revolution judged me that time, I was like, it made me super nervous. But at the same time, it was like, man, this is like you know unreal like you know how many people get to you know look up to somebody in their craft like like how many actors you know that that uh idolize tom hanks or denzel washington or somebody that actually get to work with them you know yeah that's that's kind of how i like look at it as like it's well, very like, validating i'm sure mm-hmm. too like oh i'm, yeah, I'm really sure. doing this yeah but it's humbling too because you realize how dope they are like <laughs> like 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 you said i like um how nerve nervous you are getting on stage and like those guys are like you know the pros pro like they get up there and there's no hesitate and that's why they're that's why they're who they are who they are is they get up there and there's no hesitation it's just you know that's one of the main reasons i've never like i never scratch in front of people because i like i just tense up i mean right when, when you came over earlier and you're just like oh show me i'm just like no no <laughs> you know because i just get like i don't know i get tensed up i couldn't imagine but it's good for you like it's, yeah it's good for you to to do that though because then it it eventually like loosens you up to where you can get to the point where you know and i and 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 i'm all for like studying in the bedroom and and in the basement before you ever like make it out to an actual show or or try to perform like that's how i was like like i know like like a lot a ton of djs now that like they buy a controller or a turntable setup and then and they're like okay i'm booking shows now it's like like you know work on the craft a little bit before like i didn't want to like i had no desire to play shows when i started like i don't think i played a show till i was at least two three years in really before i ever yeah before i ever took it took it public because people tried it when people found out that i was when i was first doing tapes like because it was before the cds of course when i was first doing tapes like people would be like oh yeah i want you to play my party i'm like nope (laughs) not interested i'm not there yet like i for one my collect my record collection wasn't there yet so i felt like i didn't have everything i needed to to perform but it almost sounds like like you were coming at it right off the bat like as a creative pursuit anyway not necessarily like i want to be a dj as a service kind of guy right yeah and that's exactly true yeah i I did gigs later on but yeah and initially it's like and i feel like the djs that are the best ones in the world they initially they do it for themselves like they do it because they like to do it like they do it for you know even like now like when i like produce and stuff like that like I don't really like generally like make even like mixes or like or songs or anything. I don't generally like make it with like a certain other person in mind. Like I make it like for me, like what, you know, what do I think is cool? And what I think is, you know, what I think what's cool to me, like is not always what's cool to everybody else. So there's stuff that I do, like even with battle routines and stuff, there's stuff that I've come up with and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the dopest thing ever like this is just oh i can't wait to show showcase this and and do this and then i go out and do it in front of a crowd and they're just like (laughs) like, i'm like oh i'm like nobody cares like i I worked four months on that and nobody even cares and then something that i threw together in like five minutes i was like man this is throwaway this is garbage and then then i do it in front of a crowd they're like oh it's like it's like wait that wasn't was was that good like okay i'll do it again and but but, yeah i i I have a bad and that's that's probably one of the my weakest points as a dj is that i'm not good at um interpreting what other people are necessarily going to like or think Mm. is cool like i'm not i i learned that through trial and error like i'm there's some people that that 
they can recognize right away exactly what it, what people love and what you know what people are going to be into and i only like approach it from a standpoint of what i think is cool but a lot of times what i think is cool or good is not exactly what other people are well i think with that react to that kind of djing too it's almost like like stand-up right like mm -hmm. when you, in comedy you have you know you're even your dave Chappelle and your and your you know top-notch comedians they they go to the club and they they work their jokes out and they see mm -hmm. what works and what doesn't they throw stuff out and they put stuff in and, and you know the special isn't the first time that they went up there and they just tried all those jokes the first time you know what i mean and i think i think it's maybe kind of a similar thing mm -hmm. where it's like okay you've got now you've got a routine where you know yeah, nailed it, nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. I know they're gonna <laughs> eat all of this up. You know, there's a it's a, a research step almost. And I think that, and 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 I think that that's good advice for people too. I think that that's something that I probably needed to hear like a while back because, and and another, I don't know. This is kind of like, uh, I guess. I don't know if other battle DJs or whatever per se would say the same thing, but like, I think like. Um, like I I want to be secretive sometimes with like battle routines for like I, like I I don't want to lose the the wow factor of it mm. so like and 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 that's kind of uh, I think people that um, live in bigger markets have more of a benefit in that way like with like say like turntable crews or whatever like scratch pickles or like executioners or whatever some like they have people to bounce stuff off of to see what to get a reaction from other mm -hmm. people sometimes and like i feel like there weren't especially when i first started and i didn't know like the other djs that were locally i felt like i was the only one doing it <laughs> so i didn't really have like a good resource to to reach out to to say hey what do you think of this like what is you yeah. know and even still you know even still like even the time i was battling there was nobody else locally that was even really like on battling. that level they yeah. weren't they weren't comp they weren't competing like a lot of people were like you said people were interested in different things they wanted to play clubs or they wanted to you know just do shows yeah. or whatever and so there wasn't really i didn't have like partners or a crew i mean i you know i had people that i ran with but none of the other ones battled they you know they'd show up and support and everything but you know being in a bigger market where there's more people that do the same thing that you do it's it's cool to like bounce off of each other and like you know and i feel like that that yeah. helps people progress a lot i feel like sometimes you're at a disadvantage when you don't have other people that do the same thing and then there's nowhere to get inspiration from either if you know you're the only one doing something like there's nobody local you know if yeah. i go to like a bigger city or whatever and i see other people doing stuff then it's inspiring it's like oh okay okay so this is Absolutely. what they're doing like it's like i gotta step my game up to you know to be on that level but if you're you know sometimes if you're in like a, lo a local area that's smaller you know and if you get to be the best at what you're doing like you know there's no instant incentive to like keep progressing and get better and better it's like well i'm already like the best in my neighborhood so <laughs> it's like yeah. you know so it's like you always have to like try to and what i tried to do even at the beginning when i super sucked really bad and like you never feel like when you're competitive you never feel like you're good i still feel like i'm not very good but like um even in the beginning, like I always try to like compare myself to whoever was like the top people, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I still got a long ways to go. Yep, I got a long ways to go. Yep. I have the same mindset too. Yeah, and is it uh, kind of a perfectionism thing, like almost like you're never gonna reach it where you want to be, but that's what kind of drives you to improve. For me, yes. Yeah, I wouldn't even say perfectionism because I don't have to be perfect. It's just. I had a couple patterns at the time that I was just in a rut with, yeah. you know, and I, I, I couldn't get out of it. And then I finally got out of it and, and it was still, when I got started, it was still mediocre at the time, you know? So it was just like, to me, it was mediocre, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, because I'm looking up to people like, like you and like Hubert and like, because I've been into scratching, that's what got me into DJing. And now it's like, 
I don't want to do it because I know what's really out there. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm nowhere near that. So I never did it in front of people. Never. Yeah. Yeah. You get to a certain level where you, you realize you, you know what you don't know kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. If you watch all those like motivation videos on, on the internet and stuff like, like that one aspect is true. The best way to look at that is to just realize that you're competing against yourself. You're trying to be better than what you were like, you know, cause you can't, everybody's like circumstances and, and skill level are going to be based on certain things. And you just have to like keep trying to, and that, and that's another reason why I always try to be creative because I know I'm not going to be Qbert ever. Mm-hmm. Like he's already like 30 years ahead of me and like, and like, you know what I mean? That dude lives and on he, Mars. Yeah. yeah. Why set an and impossible, he, unattainable right. goal and just we right. just quit then? Yeah. 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 There's no there's no yeah. point in trying to be like him because he is one and only. You mm-hmm. know. And there's people that and there's people that are at at similar levels that have gotten, you know, gotten really far in a short amount of time. But I know for me, like I'm I was always a slow learner at it. Like it took me a long time to get anywhere. So if I like was if I set my goal up super super high right in the beginning, then there's and I think that's what happens with a lot of people. I feel like DJing sometimes like a lot of people um, quit after a you know a couple years because they they don't get to where they expected to get. But it's just like anything else. It's just like learning any other instrument. Like you're not gonna be like you know this great jazz musician after you picked up a trumpet for the first time like. It's, it's going to take time and work and, you know, you're going to have to to win the small victories, you know. Well, man, um, I think that's about going to wrap it up for the podcast part. Um, so for those of you who are listening at home, especially if you're watching, if you want to watch the uh, YouTube version of this episode, if you're listening uh, in your car, on your jog or something like that, uh, you can do that by going to passionatedj.com slash 216. This is episode 216 featuring Spare Change. And uh, a couple days after this show comes out, uh, uh, probably you know, maybe Wednesday or I don't know, sometime before the weekend, uh, we'll also be posting the uh, routine. Just go to the uh, passionatedj.com slash 216. You can watch this episode. You can also watch... Uh, spare change uh, having fun with the uh, brand new pioneer dj ms7 and uh showing you what it is that he does so uh spare change is there anything that uh, i know you're you're not big on social media but is there anything you want to plug is there do you have an instagram um, yeah. or soundcloud or something yeah you, wanna... you can look at, uh, um check me out on youtube is probably the best best place to get an idea of what i do um there's a lot of videos and also you can like stream like my music on any of the platforms on spotify or youtube music or amazon or all those things and i'm um been a little bit more focused in that area lately with you know shows not being non-existent Mm -hmm. and and battles and things being pretty much non-existent i've like focused a little bit more on the production side of, of of it so i've been trying to do you know i have a lot of stuff that i started like the the most recent track like i put out like i like made the beat in like 2003 so <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff that i like started and then like never never exactly finished so i'm trying to like okay. finish a bunch of stuff now so i'm trying to get as much stuff maybe next time we have you back in studio we can uh, listen to some original productions then that, yeah that'd be our focus that's cool. awesome yeah that would that would be great but i'm ready to check out this pioneer like i said i start i one of my first mixers was a pioneer and and i i liked it and i played on pioneers what, what was the one that was the standard in the club like for over a decade the 500 500 or 600 five yeah. 600 it started with the five then went to the six and, and yeah and the effects were always like top notch on the pioneer mixers too i think that that was the one thing that the I echo with yeah. the half the half tempo you didn't have to double any records up anymore yeah, <laughs> yeah I love the flangers yeah. and stuff that they had on there too and even uh, <clears throat> even on that mixer too I liked that you could assign the crossfader oh yeah so you could you know, yeah. Yeah. whatever assign it because I, I don't remember there might have been mixers that had that before but I don't remember remember them but I always liked that I could like assign the crossfader to to whatever channel 
too. And I had that. I had one of the first CDJs too. The that had the effects on it, and it had like a flanger yeah. and like the pitch thing, <laughs> so you could do the chipmunk and the and the like. I, uh, I still have a pair of seven hundreds or top loaders. Mm. Open oh from the wow! Top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't that. Yeah, dude, this was a this was the the front one, but yeah. And somebody stole that at Hammerjacks, actually. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> but then I had the, was it the eight hundred? I think I had when they the was the, it a the show at Hammerjacks? Huh? Was it a show? At yeah, it was. It was one of the shows. Yeah, it was one of those shows. Yeah, they had disappeared. Wow! But um, and then I had a, I had a. It might have been when I had a residency there though too. I'm not. Sure. I, I can't remember exactly. I think it was a show though. I'm pretty sure it was a show. But yeah, it disappeared. Like, and I was, like, I was like, "Great, yeah, I've had a lot of equipment stolen." And yep, been what? there. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, so is this guy. Yeah. Oh no, what did uh, you? I hope it I, wasn't too bad. It was a MacBook Pro. Oh no, that's a, <laughs> uh, everything in my Ugh. bag with the MacBook Pro, my headphones, a uh, uh, it was a Zone 2D uh, MIDI controller. Um, with the built-in interface, which back then was uncommon, so it was you know four or five hundred dollars. Yeah, it was it was like three or four grand. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's worse than I thought. Yeah, yeah it was it was lifted from. We, uh, from we got most Are of you it serious? We got most of it recovered. Most of it. Yeah, not the laptop. Yeah, not the laptop though. And that's and that was supposed to be in. It was yeah, supposed dude, to be like was, all about the the love, peace, and unity. The like, yeah, yeah. It was just, yeah. It was a I've family never, thing. Man. I've never said the name of the event. Yeah. I might bleep that out, but yeah, just yeah. Well, I protect I've, the innocent. But I've had people that battle DJs have very sticky fingers. Yeah, as well. Yes, I've had stuff lit needles, headphones, like this. I had one time at one of the scribble jams, somebody like swapped my headphones out. We had the same technique <laughs> headphones. They're like $170 headphones or something at the time. And we had the same ones. And somebody somebody must have went in the bag and put their one in there. So I didn't even notice it till days later. And then I like got them out. I was like, why do these look all beat up? <laughs> and like the cups were all, cr- the leather part was all cracked crumbled and like crumbled. And, no. and like, and like no. they were all scratched up and destroyed. And I was like, wait. This is the kind of headphones I have, but these aren't mine. <laughs> Somebody took my good ones and oh, put the, uh, my fresh pair That's and rough. Put, put this busted Dude's pair in L.A. In plug walking with your headphones. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I was like, man. All right, man. Well, we're looking forward to seeing what you can do. Uh, once again, to the listeners, passionatedj.com slash 216. If you're listening uh, to the audio version, hit up that YouTube version and watch uh, Spare Changes Routine. We'll also post a link to his YouTube channel. And uh, until next time, this has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Keep on spinning.